0: On local now channel five twenty five. Hello, hello! Welcome back to the show. You guys are really excited because I told you on the last episode I had a surprise, and the surprise is I'm bringing Bryant on the show. We got him a microphone. Say hello.
1: Hey, everybody! It's (laughs) an honor to be on the podcast with Morgan. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day.
0: Oh yeah, we're filming this on Valentine's Day. I'm wearing pink. Um, Bryant isn't, unfortunately. Camo. (laughs) Camo pants. Um. You guys, I decided we put a little Q&A thing up for questions you want me and Bryant to answer, but I think that this would be best if we do this episode as a little intro to Bryant, and then we'll answer your questions on future episodes. How about that, Bryant?
1: I'm here for it. I don't know any of the questions, though, so it should be interesting.
0: I have a little sheet of questions I'm going to ask you today. Mm -hmm. How exciting. (laughs) Okay, Um, let's do it. Bye. Uh-huh. But of course, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented the MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented, adjustable feel of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you will ever own. For my exclusive listeners, you can use code MORGAN to buy one, get one free for the MyPillow 2.0 pillow. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click the radio listener square to buy one, get one free with promo code Morgan at MyPillow.com. How exciting, Bryant! Okay, um, I guess we should start with the basics, Bryant. How Mm -hmm. about you tell us a little bit about yourself? How would you describe yourself?
1: Hmm. That's a pretty general question, Um, I would say I'm from a small town, always had the small town values in the South. Um, my mom and dad, which to Morgan's surprise, didn't really know anything about discipline with physical contact. Uh, I got a few spankings growing up. Uh, should we include that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I
1: think over time, like, I mean, it depends on, I guess the way you want to look at it. I feel like it was good for me, but, um, always just had... Um, I guess growing up was supposed to be you need to go out, you need to go to college, um, you need to get the highest paying job you can to be successful, or you're just going to be a nobody. So it kind of started off as like with high school, just your same old played sports throughout my whole life. Um, and I wanted to go to the University of Alabama, but instead I chose another private university that had a pharmacy school just because that was again instilled to in me that I had to do that. Uh, in order to live just this big happy life, um, to have this nice doctorate degree behind my name, and um, but yeah, just grew up on a little farm, had some chickens, hunted fish, always had guns in the house. I never like really shot just a shot. It's just always just been a part of who I am. There's always something to hunt, uh, even if it was out of season. We're usually pecking around with something that are nuisance uh, to our environment, and yeah. Pretty much how I grew up in the sense, fried okra, cabbage, (laughs) uh, things that you've never really experienced.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I spent time with you down in the South and learned a lot. First of all, we had the okra, which was yummy. Mm -hmm. But the way you said about the spankings, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it even on the podcast, but I was really shocked to find out that like in public schools, private schools, institutions that aren't families you have adults that it's normal in the South to have like a paddle and, and punish children in schools with with spankings where they pull their pants down. And
1: I mean, well, hold on. Horrible, so, so <laughs> it, well, it's it's not pull your pants down in like a dramatic deal, but it that's is like still dramatic. it's still like, yeah, I mean, the whole idea behind it is basically to instill fear in a sense um, that you're not going to do it again. And whether that's the right way or the wrong way, that's just kind of how it was. But to be honest with you, a lot of people definitely didn't do decisions again, just based off whether it's their dad or like the principal, Um, yeah, giving them a paddling. But that was just kind of always normalized, I guess. And it is now taken away. I will say that like as times has changed, that's kind of stopped just because of how the world's going. But. You also look at how the world's going and it makes you wonder maybe mm. it was a good thing.
0: I think for me, the, the <laughs> uncomfortable part of it is just like somebody that's not a part of the family, especially touching my child like that. I'm from upstate New York where it's just there'd be a lawsuit after lawsuit if something like that was allowed between some adult at school and a child. But I get it. I mean, and then I thought that I was gonna be seen as more normal for having that view and then we just kept meeting person after person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in your area yeah. that
0: was like telling me that I was the weird one.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Like every person Morgan met, if we the topic came up, it was just like Usually, yeah. Usually, the joke of like they're thankful it happened, and to be honest, like they would make the joke that some people needed more of it. Yeah. You know, like just kind of how they turned out. Well, and there was like, kids
0: at the table that were like, "Oh, I, I think it's fine."
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, what
0: are you talking about?
1: I don't know if that's like a south. I mean, I guess it is. Like, I really don't know what it is. I mean, it's funny how culture is different all over the country. But down there, it's like yeah, discipline, and you know, kind of the whole idea of like working hard for something. is just. I don't know. Um, That's just kind of how it's always been. But yeah, I did not know that was not like that in the north or anywhere else. Yeah, Uh, I think
0: when I went down to your area and we spent time there versus us coming to where I'm from to visit my family. And then we, you know, we went to the gym, we went to a bunch of different public places. The way people behave is is actually quite different. And it's kind of sad for me to see like how, I guess how secular and how abrasive and rough everybody is from where I'm from compared to down there yeah. like the kids especially
1: well and it's hard to say if it's like a south versus like wherever else part of the country versus just the time and age that it is now I mean it might just been a whole cultural shift in general because I'm not still in you know high school obviously so I really don't know how the kids are behaving uh, anymore but if you just get on TikTok, you'll see some younger generations making some pretty interesting videos and a lot of them are in the south. So I mean, I really don't know. I think it's just a big problem overall like just in general of the culture. Uh, what whatever the answer is, I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but I I can't tell if it's just like yeah, I think there's a thing of southern hospitality like obviously we say yes ma'am, yes sir a lot. That was <laughs> I, I don't think it's rude not to, but that's just like That's Mm -hmm. that is something that's instilled there, but I mean I'm not necessarily saying the kids are like dramatically better than somewhere else. I
0: think it was the gym thing for me. Like we would go to the gym where you're from, and uh, there would be high school boys and stuff, and yeah, they're goofing off, and you can kind of tell that. But I bring you to my home area's gym, and they're they're saying you know a lot of really not just like some bad words, but it's like they're screaming it out loud. And I think the Bible
1: Belt is a thing. Like that's kind of a a topic like this I keep saying the south like I don't even know why I'm saying that but like a lot of southern baptists like as far as like the church like that's a popular denomination down there and it was always if you said a cuss word your mouth got rinsed out with soap. like I don't know if you ever heard that but like that was the thing well you
0: got a paddling just for saying a bad word yeah
1: but yeah so it's (laughs) those words got heightened as well as like you can't say it or your mom yeah gonna maybe like f- use the fly swatter on your hand or something or like rinse your mouth out with soap or like you might get a paddling for saying a cuss word. But I don't really know if, it, maybe that's such a culture thing. Maybe it's just like, you know, all the you know Southern Baptists are just like the Bible Belt type deal. But yeah, it is a different language, but I don't necessarily know if it's right or wrong. I guess it's just whatever you, cause I always have this debate of like cuss words in a sense of like, you know, is cuss words man-made? Is it like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll kind of go back and forth on well, like that one a little bit.
0: I think beyond like the paddling and the cursing and stuff, it's, it's truly just different. And I can't really put words on it properly. But when you're up here versus down there, it's just different.
1: I think it's the Southern hospitality. And that I, I wish missing. that
0: we were more like
1: that. Well, I just think it's like in general, there is a Southern hospitality. Like people yeah. will know to hold the door People know to say yes, ma'am. People know. I mean, like if an elder walks in, yeah. that they probably have wisdom, and it's a great sense of respect. Just because when you grew up, that's just kind of how it was. Like if you don't show respect, yeah, you going back, you might get a whipping or something. Like yeah. I don't know. Like so, it's. I, I mean, I feel like I have the right intent on showing respect. I'm not doing it out of fear of getting a whipping. Yeah. So I don't know if that naturally just forms. But either way, I think it's just southern hospitality people I love that. people know how to i guess treat people with respect, so yeah, you know. I think
0: for me, I want that, but I also have the passion for reading about the childhood development stuff, and I really <laughs> am against <laughs> encouraging a child to make good decisions out of out of fear, and so maybe I'm naive because I'm not a mom yet, and I don't know how it works, but I would really love if if I could avoid having to do that um but speaking of college I went to. American university, it was 90% liberal. And I didn't realize that when Mm I signed up, like I didn't look at the politics of the school or anything, but when I went there, like looking for a masculine person, it just, there wasn't, maybe like there was like 5% that looked like maybe you, like a boy turning into a man, like a college male. And it was more frequent to see like boys with colored hair and skirts on and it was just strange. And I remember like the culture shock that it was for me because I'm from this little town in upstate New York, which is more conservative. But I went there and people don't even turn to look behind them to see if someone's coming, to yeah. see if they should ho- hold the door open or anything like that and I remember being like, "What is going on here?" So, that was kind of my first time where I I really appreciated those kind of values when I was thrown into a place where I didn't have them. But so so you went to college, was it like a local thing for you or
1: So, the college that I went to, my mom went there, it was a private university um which cost a pretty penny <laughs> and I didn't have any scholarships. So I had to pay that off. Um, But there's only two pharmacy schools in the state of Alabama. It was Sanford University and it was Auburn. And so we were a big Alabama fan. So it's kind of like Mm -hmm. the joke, like, well, I'm not going to go to Auburn, even though it would have been a little bit cheaper. So went to (laughs) Sanford. Um, To be honest with you, I was not into politics really at all. When I say politics, I'm meaning like, oh, there's such thing as like a liberal or like a conservative. Like, what's the difference? Like, to me, it was just like. It's just people, a bunch of humans, and we're all got to coexist together on Earth, in a sense. And I just look at kind of like if the president, whoever it was, I just never really followed along as far as like details of what they were doing at that time, which was about eight years ago, I guess, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to this school, it was a little bit more liberal of a school. Um, I started the bass fishing team there. And like, so obviously, it was just very um a surprise to a lot of people if I did wear camo to to classes because I just got done off of like a little hunting trip that morning or whatnot. And really that was just like the first time I was like so um just realized that people are are different, and I mean that's okay. But like the school that I went to was only I graduated with twenty three people, mm-hmm. so you can imagine everybody knew everything about each other. So when I go to a college, even even though it wasn't a big college, it was still the first time realizing wow people are different. Okay, and then some people don't like hunting, and then hearing <laughs> that side of like why they don't like hunting, just because you know whether they just love animals that much or whatever it is. It just started really, to me, it didn't make much sense because I wasn't doing anything unethical. i just done stuff what I've done my whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started just seeing how kind of the world goes around, basically, and that people are different. But, yeah, it's a small college. Um, I went there for eight years. I could have finished the pharmacy degree in seven years. Um, I did throw in a little bit of a minor with business at the time um, just because I started being interested in that. So, yep, $300,000 later. We finished and graduated in 2019.
0: Wow, and I'm I'm just so glad that you put that degree to good use. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah,
1: well, a good six months and then stopped. <laughs> yeah, which is another whole loaded question. I don't know how much you really want to get into the details of that, but well,
0: people asked a lot of questions about it, so I kind of want I want to save a lot of the details and those deeper discussions on pharma yeah. and stuff for later episodes. But I think what's really interesting for me, like I loved math in school and I was never a science person, but now I'm a big believer in the fact that you, you're never done learning. And so I've become somebody that really loves to learn about science more so for the concepts and the connections to what we're facing in our bodies and being more intuitive. And so I'm trying to learn more about science. You know what I mean? But as yeah. a student, I was like, uh, chemistry, Yeah. but you have a doctorate in this kind of stuff. And so I feel like I can ask you any questions, which is really fun for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, And I, I guess I struggle when I look at your story. I'm like, you spent eight years, that's a long time ready to transition into a job that you were going to have until you retired. And then you, you lasted six months at the job after you spent eight years getting the degree with really hard classes and tests. Like it's a really difficult thing. (laughs) And then you stopped after six months. So that's like the, I guess like for me, wrapping my head around that is really funny.
1: Yeah. I mean- To be honest, it's just a God thing to have it all worked out because it doesn't make sense. Um, But, yeah, it was like looking back on it like in school. I mean, obviously, we say don't dwell on the past and like whatever, but it's kind of like it's kind of cool, though, in a sense, like, you know, looking back at so many late night studying. I mean, these tests were so crazy of how much material was on each one and just the details and just each medicine and then, you know, from the side effects to just what all it can interact with and just learning all the enzymes in the in the body and just the general anatomy it's so much information and to be honest with you you're never going to learn it all it's just they really set you up to learn as much as the basic stuff but then also setting you up to where you're quote-unquote an expert and able to look up studies and give your expert advice to like doctors and stuff Mm -hmm. on given you know specific patient um circumstances so it's pretty cool like how it kind of molded each each pharmacist in the class to that and they did a good job like Sanford is a good school I'm not knocking them um but yeah then some days you're just like I just spent all my 20s in a college that I just studied and every now and then I broke away on a weekend to you know the college life I guess at the University of Alabama where all my friends went but it was still a lot of weekends like I didn't do anything and was just studying and thinking back on all that time I guess it's sad, I guess, to think, but also I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't go through that because I would not have started the brand that I started mm-hmm. because, you know, just everything just happens for a reason, I guess, is is the bottom line. And so, you know, I was in a position to I never thought I would be so interested in COVID and I was able to really dissect it and like understanding the virus and these studies to look more deeper into it to then see the side that i'd wanted to be on and give my opinion on what's going on and without pharmacy school i wouldn't have you know been i might not even cared you know what i mean or might not even start american Fetcher. i might have just been whatever a count it at some random firm like who knows so so pharmacy school even though it only lasted six months but went eight years and all that um when i say lasted i didn't get fired i i quit or, or turned in my two weeks, <laughs> and it was a great CVS that I was at. Um, it just, it, it was just I wanted to do my side, uh, the side business I guess I had at the time, full time, and um, but yeah, I, I don't think I would have been here without going through all that time.
0: Yeah, well, that's when I hear the story, I think like it all happened for a reason because if you're thinking about the social media world that we're in, as COVID unfolded. People were looking for anybody with your kind of expertise and background to just say at least something is is wrong here because it felt like all of the people that we usually trust are going with this narrative. And I didn't have a TikTok and so I, I, I didn't know you at the time, but you explained to me how that all went down where you had pharmacist in your bio on social media and you started to speak out about it. There's a very small amount of people that were able to do that. And that's why I think people went to your comments and went to your engaging conversations that you were having and trusted and felt confident in you and like your following grew so much because of it. So it all happened for a reason.
1: Yeah, the comments, a lot of the comments were, well, it was a mixture of where did this guy even go to pharmacy school? They should quit their program. (laughs) But also a lot of them were like, you know, maybe I trust this guy's point of view because yeah, he has... He went through the school, you know, I learned the exact same stuff that everybody else in my class learned that might have a different opinion of me, but I just, I mean, I have a license and it's, I think it did validate a lot of people who was on edge of going which way or the other of maybe, you know, my opinion, you know, maybe persuaded them to just keep going a little bit more on their final decision just because of the license that I did have because again... I know we can save it for another show, but like the reason I got so passionate about it um, and not to get too far in the politics was just when Trump mentioned a few medicines at the time that might help with COVID and and then seeing how mainstream made these scary side effects and made fun of the horse dewormer and all this other stuff. it, It really opened up my eyes. Like this seems like a a game to these people when people are really scared yeah. and that and it wasn't as serious as they were making it as far as like many of the details because it was like seven or eight months in when I instantly or not even me just you know um, it just studies showed that it was like 78 or 80 percent were obese that were really affected by this virus Yeah, and so it's like you know everybody's seen the memes you shut down the weight rooms, but you leave McDonald's open, but that really that's intentional, and that's just kind of where it all started um my political interest of like wait a minute, there's people higher up that really don't have our best interests in mind,
0: yeah, well, actually, if we could let's go back through the timeline because I think it's interesting, so you graduated in twenty nineteen in the spring, yeah,
1: I graduated in twenty nineteen i had to i spent four months studying for the big test. So you have to have a big pharmacy test um, to get your license. And then whatever state you want to practice in, you have to take their local or their state law exam. So I, I spent about four months gathering up all the tests. Um, and in January is when I started with the CVS. In 2020. In 2020. <laughs> right at the start and, of it. Um, yeah, right at the start of it. And I was one of the first CVS employees to actually have COVID. This was I lost my taste and all that. They didn't this is before they really even knew you might could lose your taste and uh sounds bad but worked through it i thought it was fever i mean i thought it was just a flu and the fever was i mean it was rough i mean if you get a virus and a high fever you're not going to feel good let's just be honest
0: and this was january 2020 (laughs)
1: january 2020 and so i was just you know popping ibuprofen in trying to get through the work week because i had 10 hour days and made it through it was about three or four days of fever and then of course i lost the taste for about five or six days but that was pretty much it and um it was starting to come out some details of what COVID's kind of like right at that time. And both of the pharmacists that I worked with ended up getting COVID. So I feel like I gave it to them and um, a couple of the techs. So I was right at the beginning of it. And then of course that was when everybody was scared. I was scared. They were showing dead bodies on the TV mm-hmm. and people just dropping like flies. So we were scared. We shut down the store. We only did drive through and um, which was just a nightmare, nightmare to be honest with you. And, Yeah, just as time kind of moved on um, and people kind of said they had COVID and they didn't die, I was like, oh, okay, so you might not die from it. That's (laughs) like, you know, um, and to be honest, I'm not trying to make a situation like downgrade it because people did die of COVID, let's just be honest. Um, But the point is, the amount of fear that was pushed was so overwhelming, it didn't match exactly the statistics if that makes any sense and then the medicine that could potentially be a cure slash um just help people recover was being mocked in on media and that was
0: a part that i thought was really interesting you have someone that you're close with that you they take the medic what was it ivermectin or
1: they take hydroxychloroquine they take that
0: every day Right.
1: Yeah. They take it every day. And it was just one of those deals. Cause I'm pretty sure Trump said that first I think He said hydroxychloroquine, but either way, um, a, a lot of like heart issues and stuff like that started getting pushed, like be scared of it kind of deal. And, you know, we, we had dispensed hydroxychloroquine a lot and it's just, I didn't really see that much of mm-hmm. the side effect that they're saying beware of, you know? Well, and
0: didn't you like have your tech stack up on it?
1: Yeah. We like stacked up on it. Um, and azithromycin, which is it's an antibiotic and basically that can help prevent like um pneumonia and whatnot but yeah. the point is it's yeah we were we were when he first said that i mean he's the president of the united states you would think he's getting the best you know what i mean yeah. um advice and then the whole people who control the media basically made fun of him and yeah. and just talked bad on it and that's when it started turning in my head like wait you know like yeah, Thumbs up.
0: Well, that's why I can't believe other pharmacists, I, maybe they're out there, and maybe they did speak up, but I can't believe it didn't happen on a bigger scale because you have the president and his team of experts, like they were always coming on the news every day. They announced this, you as an expert, you're like, okay, this is, this makes sense. Let's stock up on this so that we can give it to people because it made sense to you based on your education. Yeah. And then you look and you've never really paid attention to politics before, but that was like that instant
1: yeah, where and- it snapped. Well, to be honest with you, not Trump. When I, I don't, I can't really explain Trump's uh, fan base at that time. Obviously, he had the huge movement. And, but like, say, my pharmacy class, for instance, if I came into my pharmacy class hollering Trump train, I I would say maybe 2% were on board with that. So I can see where a lot of healthcare professionals. Maybe this is just a bad stereotype, and I don't know. It seems like they're not – most of them aren't deer hunters. Most of them (laughs) aren't, like, you know what I mean? Your blue-collar families. Like, they just – they follow the politics, in a sense. Like, it just seemed like when he said it, the pharmacy atmosphere didn't really bat an eye because they're like, well, who cares what he said? What did the CDC say? Mm -hmm. And the CDC basically – put out these warnings in the mainstream media. And it was kind of like, well, I'm not listening to this guy, mm-hmm. this ego guy. You know, um, it was just a mixture of a lot of things. People just didn't know, if you want to know the honest truth. And plus, the reason I was able to separate myself was I knew I had a backup plan with the brand that I had going. So I was just uh, a little bit more confident, like, well, look, if I am wrong on this or my videos are wrong, in a sense, like one, I will come out and say, if I see something that's different, like if the vaccine was really really good i would make a video that it's really really good like that's the thing about it you know what i mean and it i just haven't seen you know statistically speaking on majority of people for a reason of a mandate or anything like that so Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna keep sticking with that and it just gave me a little bit more confident having another brand to like back up on um and a couple other businesses that um I was able to just feel more confident talking about it. These other pharmacists were getting fired yeah. or if they have this this view or if they wanted to dispense ivermectin or like, or, you know, whatever it might be, like they didn't have a backup plan with $200,000 in student debt. So why would they say something? Yeah. You yeah. know.
0: That's a good point. Well, so when did you start to feel more comfortable about the fact that you could speak up about it because the brand was doing well? Did that kind of happen at the same time?
1: It kind of happened at the same time because TikTok also started in 2020. <laughs> And TikTok was uh, um, very easy. At any young, any new app, it's easy. It's a little bit easier to go viral on it. So just regular kids were going viral on it and building followings. And so I had started up early enough and was doing uh, I call cinematic videos. I'm not really technically using a cinematic camera. It just kind of gives off that vibe. But um, it just started grabbing attention. And then these young kids in the area were just wanting to wear hats and the brand just got so much exposure that whole year. And it's kind of sad because there was a quote that says there's, there's winners and losers and everything. And I say that meaning like, you know, how I don't, I don't remember how many businesses shut down. I I think it was like 700,000 small businesses shut down. I don't even know what it was during COVID, but it, it, my business, ours took off. Like, on a whole nother level. And I know several other online stores just took off because they were in the situation. They utilized TikTok or whatever, and people were sitting at home on their phones. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an interesting deal. Like um, when it took off, yeah, I was able to see that, okay, it's, it, it, it can make me enough to live off of at the time. And so, yeah, I was confident in the videos because of about what's going on with COVID because people were scared to death. And it, I, I don't like when people have a, have a fear that, it doesn't match the actual thing, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like kids, for instance, have what is a 99.97% recovery rate from COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm just taking that chance. Like, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. that's my opinion. So I don't think it should be mandated because that is such a high recovery rate for a kid. You know what I mean? So I just gave my opinion and I was confident in it. And to be honest with you, a lot of people felt the same. And that's when I also started realizing, even though the media is saying something, it doesn't necessarily match the people um, of how they're feeling, too. And because there was a lot of people not on board with it. And then you see commercials or just media, how all these people are getting it. And, you know, they're saving the world and all this. But then you get on in the comments on these posts and people are like, not a chance, and it would just be hundreds of comments, hundreds of likes. You know that they're not about it, and then the people start turning on. You know the the system in a sense, and start saying, "Wait a minute! All these three letter agencies are bad." CDC, you know what I mean? Like and like all these, uh, all, even down to the CIA now. But it doesn't matter. The point is, it's like it, I got more confident talking, yeah, because of American Fetcher, But I also felt a sense of fulfillment because I could read the studies and. I just, that's all that was out. And I just knew they were twisting the numbers in a sense. Mm -hmm. And people were scared off the numbers that were getting twisted. Yeah. Okay. Meaning like 6% of people, I think now died exclusively of COVID-19. You can get on the CDC website and find that answer, but they're going to give you a higher number and say a million people died from it, but it doesn't necessarily mean, they might have died with it, you know what I mean. They just didn't die because exclusively of it. So if you take six percent of a, just say a million, you know what I mean. I think what is that, sixty thousand? Um, then that you go look at your flu and pneumonia numbers, and you're going to find an interesting statistic of how many died from the flu and pneumonia, and see if it's close to like sixty thousand or something like. And and so when they share the the fear of like a million people, well, they might have had kidney failure coming in. They might have broke their bones or something. And and in this very traumatic out, like deal of a car wreck, and they just got swabbed coming through the door of the hospital, and and then that was marked as a COVID whatever, whether it was a death or just you know a number. Yeah. And these hospitals were sharing that left and right, and it's like yeah, that is true, but that wasn't why they were in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I could I saw that, and I saw the reimbursements for if they did get marked with COVID. It's a long story. I'm not trying to get in all the details. But basically, the numbers were just the numbers were were, that they were sharing were um, were meant to, to drive fear. And there was another side of the numbers is basically what I'm trying to say. And a lot of people caught on to that.
0: Well, I think like they purposely put that kind of information out and say we're being transparent. But it's really hard to have a normal person digest what all that paper is saying. And so when someone like you can make it really simple and then put it into like a TikTok, that's a threat to the Mm -hmm. regime that's trying to control information. So when, I'm kind of curious, when did your page on TikTok, you had your own private one, like your personal one, and then the American Fetcher.
1: Yeah, so I had American Fetcher and my personal one. The American Fetcher kind of did its thing. I I had influencers, so we flew them out. We had influencer kind of, I guess you call them parties and whatnot. They would all be wearing the hats. Each one of them had like anywhere from half a million to two million followers we'd have about five or six guys and they're all you know really cool and i was just making like you know uh using a camera that their followers had never seen like you know a cinematic look of one of these guys and they're so obsessed they're like wow look at this look of this guy doing throwing you know uh, are fishing out by the pond. Like, look at this capture. Like, wow. And it's like, I don't know, people are just amazed by it. And then also, those those influencers would make videos together with each other, so they would help grow them selves. And in the meantime, you know, our hat is in every one of the videos. And it was just a great exposure and kind of like a win-win. My personal page was when I was, like I was just saying, seeing the numbers and seeing all that. And I just kind of was just slowly, um, you know, just throwing that out there of like, hey y'all so i think actually this is kind of what this number meant hey it's actually this right here and the comments were like i knew it i knew it or yes this is what i've been trying to say like so many people started agreeing well then it was like all right so you're a pharmacist did you get the vaccine and i was like all right i'm just going to make this video and it was like crazy it was just like you know in one night i think it was like seven hundred fifty thousand views and it was all these comments of basically like you know, thank you. I agree. Unfortunately, though, my company's about to make me do this and that, or like, you just start reading all of them and how all the mandates could potentially just, you know, not say destroy a family's income, but like, they really didn't know what to expect and kind of like caught between a rock and a hard place. So I really just tried to be, um, you know, show a little grace because really was a hard decision for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially just the times we live in but i just kind of slowly started doing that I started showing like the flu the flu stats i started maybe just showing how masks like maybe don't work on a on a logical thinking of like if a virus escapes escapes a lab that's really controlled they can Get through a mask that's got little designs on it that's cute like come on like you can't you know what i mean yeah. like it was just you know funny normal thinking yeah. stuff well you're good and,
0: at like the short form witty kind of yeah, posts. i mean i like yeah. that's funny
1: yeah and so basically um it just started growing just because more so uh People enjoyed sharing their own thoughts, and like a lot of it was a lot of nurses to be honest with you that were standing up like I feel like that was one of the biggest group of individuals who were coming and then sharing what they see specifically and it was also helping me because I, they were sharing what they see, and it made more sense too and it was like validating like you know what I was thinking. I was like, you know this could be happening in hospitals, they could be getting a higher you know um Reimbursement meaning more money if it's a COVID patient versus not. And then a nurse would come in. Yeah, they get like $30,000. We put them on the ventilator. And it's like, what? And then you hear a lot of horror stories. They get put on the ventilator. And then it's like, you know, sometimes, most of the time it's not good. And it's like, wow, like, why are we shooting down these other medicine, like starting back up, you know, going all the way back to Trump? Like, mm-hmm. wh- why did all those get shot down if, if we're having a lot of bad outcomes? Like, mm-hmm. what is the worst thing, especially when we're dispensing it? You know what I mean? Like It doesn't make sense. So people, I think, just followed it just because, yeah, I was a pharmacist and probably talking a little bit different at the time than mainstream media. But let me also say this. This was during a time to where the narrative hasn't fully shifted majority of people-wise on social media. I feel like you don't see many, many celebrities hollering out, you better get the vaccine. You know what I mean? Or calling anybody grandma killers anymore. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of gone. At the time, that was the heat of it. And I was making these videos. So I was getting a lot of Uh, interesting comments and, you know, blood is on your hands, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it was just kind of a scary deal, to be honest with you. But I just felt like I was just saying what I thought was right. And I wasn't trying to be hard on my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, I just wanted to give another side of it think for yourself kind of deal.
0: Yeah, I think that was really helpful. And was that pretty much at the same time as your business was Starting to succeed more and more. Yeah, I mean, end of twenty twenty. Yeah,
1: I mean it. It definitely um it took off and like now we have you know employees and all that good stuff and um people just love wearing the hats. I never thought that would ever be a thing. Uh, I guess we hadn't even said it. So I own an apparel brand that basically sells hats and t shirts. Um, it's basically around the hunting community. So if you can imagine, these are basically a bunch of younger younger group of Guys is mainly my customer base. I love to hunt and fish, shoot guns kind of deal. And, um, you know, probably not vegan. So (laughs) that's kind of what the brand is around. And, um, I didn't realize it's that many people out there just looking at the hats that we've sold over the last three years and just the friendships and all the people that just love the brand. And it's a really nice community to be honest with you, um, the hunting community and, You know, you see on the mainstream media of all these anti-gun stuff and these hunters are going out. Don't get me wrong. Accidents can happen, but there's so many. Look at all the hunters and I, I don't even know the millions out there of how many have guns on opening day. But you don't ever really hear of any issues. You know what I mean? Like these are people that know what they're doing, like, you know, and it's there's no bad intentions and it's just a good group of people.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I enjoy learning the back end of what you do and stuff and and you've kind of showed me the the TikTok world and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: And um I what I've noticed is there's a lot of negativity too in terms of like TikTok culture where you like attack other brands and mm-hmm. people they like I don't know, somebody even like stomped your hat one time and they yeah. do it all just to promote a different hat. And so yeah. I was like, why do they do that? And you just kind of shake your head and laugh it off. But for it, me I'm like, that's so mean. Yeah. But I like that you've built the brand around just being kind and respectful and promoting positivity and goodness. And then that's brought in so many people.
1: Yeah, it's a. it ended up being more fulfilling than pharmacy. And don't get me wrong, Ameri- American Fetcher, like the brand, it might. Who knows? It, we might be on the last few days of it or we might just be getting started. But either way, it was a lot of fulfillment because, like I said, most of the customers are these young group of guys. And in a culture that's so it, – it's just not good. It's just – it's just pretty rewarding to try to push the positivity, the inspiration. Um, You know, the world isn't fair. I'm sorry, but you know um, you can, you don't have to be a victim your whole life. You can overcome that. And it just seemed like throughout the time sharing inspirational kind of messages and hats that we think are really cool. And then videos that we think are really cool and getting influencers on and, you know, talking with the influencers who who kind of are with us, like, you know, don't be, don't be the guy that's just like you know sharing all this negativity and just whatever. Like just just let people know that you're just having fun. Like be be funny with it. Like you know if you are joking like with some another brand or something. Like just show that. And I think at the end of the day, people are gonna people feel safer with 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 a group of people that is a little bit more positive, that is trying to build people up than just constant just complaining or negative or just whatever. So. That's been one of the most fulfilling things is it just seems like as a whole, the brand has a group of customer base. And I don't know if that's something that I kind of helped with, which I did, um, or just the inspirational stories we share. We try to we put Bible verses in each of the orders and just and I, like I feel that. like if they order and they don't like us, it's like we set it up in a way of like, well, dang, I can't just annihilate them on social media because they've been too nice <laughs> and they're sending me a Bible verse that maybe makes them second guess I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing but then we immediately turn around and try to help them Like if we did see them the wrong hat, you know, we immediately try to fix that.
0: Well, and you lead that too, which I think is really surprising because you seem like kind of like a big figure leading this business. But on the other end of it, the side that people don't see is that you're handling all of the tiny little problems because you just want to oversee it.
1: Yeah. And I had to kind of like, you know, after we um, started getting employees involved, I kind of had to take my hand out of all the details because you want to do everything. But (laughs) it just started growing to a size where I couldn't. I started seeing my relationships with the customers dwindling even though the orders were going up and I knew I had to stop that and fix the relationships with the customers meaning like getting back and messaging all the people Mm -hmm. making sure they're emails are answered or just small talking with a lot of the guys that tagged me in the hats. Mm -hmm. And once I got back into that, like it, it felt like I was back on the right track, but I had to back off a little bit just because like after we started hiring people, like letting them kind of take the lead and just trusting that and kind of like understanding like the culture, I guess. But, you know, I'm not some monster of a brand or anything like that, but it's, it's pretty crazy the size that it's grown and just the hundreds of thousands of hats that have went out into this country. It's it, some days. It's like, how is this even possible? And then you see other businesses that are like, I'm just a drop in the bucket, and it's just like, I'm just trying to control what I can control and make a positive impact, whatever the size that is.
0: Well, that's why I like. It. I see all the the young boys that tag the page, and they have their their hats <laughs> on, and they look like boys. They're they, I mean, they're not even ten sometimes. Or there's a son or a bunch of sons with their father yeah. and they're all wearing the hats. And it's just like the age range of it. You can have a certain kind of impact in a positive way on each of those boys in each stage of their lives. And I think that's well, really
1: the other, exciting. The other thing to that is I've had about five people now get buried with a hat on in their casket. Five? Yeah. And that's a pretty big number. It's a sad number. Obviously it's five too many, but it, it, it when I message the family, it's like you don't understand how much they love this brand And I'm like, it's just a hat. But then that's when it shifted to like, it's not just a hat. It's not just a sale. It's it's a brand where people kind of want to check in on maybe once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. Or that they message and they get a message back. It's like, maybe they don't have a lot of friends. But then this quote-unquote big brand messaged them back, talking like how they would talk in a 15-year-old voice. You know, like just relating to them. Yeah, (laughs) thanks, boss. But like, they, it it, it really is having... it's just been fulfilling as the deal, and like you know, that's been my prayers. Like, we got to have fulfillment in life. It don't matter how much money you have, because if you're not fulfilled, I mean, it really doesn't. Nothing really matters. So it, this has just been a cool little add in and unexpected after pharmacy that I didn't know ever was a thing, and it just happened, and it's just really cool. So it's been fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> I agree, and I guess to close it because we're at the the forty minute mark, but you really do such a good job because you protect your privacy and your own personal life, but you have, you share enough that it's inspiring for all those young boys. And I I know that we've talked about like, what can we do to make sure that we're continuing our positive impact and and doing what we can without selfishly being like, we're pulling away from everything and we just want to go live on a, uh, in the outskirts. And so I, I'm excited about all that. And I, I know that so many boys follow you and are really, really excited that you engage with them.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is like, speak being like the, uh, maybe like a person on social media, like at the end of the day, like we don't really know the purpose maybe God has for you. I mean, it, it could, I think, I think it's crazy when like, what if your only purpose, which I don't think is only purpose, but like was one time at a grocery store, holding a door for one person and saying, you look nice today. And then that one person didn't commit suicide that night. And then that one person went and became a youth pastor. And then that youth pastor influenced this person right here who's the next governor of that state. You don't even, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, when you start thinking of it on that scale, it really doesn't matter your size. Like, yeah, it's cool that it's multiple people, but I think if you can get in the mindset of, like, what is just maybe one person this week that I can look out for because we all want the likes and like attention and to be honest with you it's I don't um in a sense like as far as a brand, it's good to see engagement of course because I mean I guess like more people see it more people's gonna be on the website but for me personally I just it, I don't feel called to do that um and I don't really want to get into the quick dopamine hits that isn't. Um, good. And so I'm just basically just trying to do what I can do in the space that I'm in, especially with American Fetcher. But for anyone that's listening, that's really not, say, a big person online. You just really have to narrow it down to like, but you're still an influencer in your town. Mm -hmm. You're still an influencer when you go to the grocery store, um, you know, or just in general. And I think that's something people really can't connect a dot to of how the the trickling effect that it can do. And then something might happen in another person's life and you'll never know about it until you get to heaven. And God says, Hey, look over there. you remember making that decision. Do you remember holding that door? Do you remember, you know, whatever it might be, those kind words to that person, that's what they went and did. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's kind of crazy to me to think about.
0: I like that. Well, I think that was one of the lessons from Highlands. One of the
1: mm-hmm.
0: recent, was yeah, it? Yeah. Church uh, of Highlands. We all have our ministry.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Church of Highlands in Alabama. <laughs> if you want to get online, they, Are amazing it's non-denominational but the messages are really good
0: yeah and they have an app
1: yeah they have an app um me and morgan's been doing like it's basically we started doing this one year bible thing um it's been pretty good uh we try to do like the i think you mentioned the first 15 Mm -hmm. maybe um we're not the we don't we're not like perfect on it but (laughs) it's really convenient though if you're not really sure where to start with it it gives you a just a pretty easy passage to read and then a little devotional. So yeah.
0: Yeah. You guys, it's the Church of the Highlands, right? Mm-hmm. Church of the Highlands app. Yeah.
1: And the reason it's called that is because the Highlands is always saying like God always has more for you. Oh. Like you're not you're not at the peak right now. You know? There's always more. He wants more. So I love that. Yeah.
0: Well thank you, Bryant. You're welcome. Uh, where, where, can pe- okay. where can people buy your hats?
1: Yeah, you want to buy a hat? It's you know we don't we don't need to do any plugs. Americanfetor dot already got the my pillow plug. I don't, they don't need another one.
0: Okay, thank you for coming on. We'll we'll answer more uh, specific questions in later episodes. All right, that's the plan. Okay, bye bye.